Hey, it's Ella and Daddy, and you're listening to the Not Me But You podcast, where our goal is to speak out the truth of the Bible so that our listeners may be encouraged to live in a manner worthy of their calling. Together, we pray that God would use this episode to strengthen and guide you on your faith journey. Without further ado, enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Not Me But You podcast. Today we have a special guest with us today, Pastor Aaron Moore. He is a pastor at the local Baptist church near us, and he's going to be talking to us about prayer today. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself um, and your family and just kind of your church and what you like to do. Well, I grew up in a pastor's home, and at the age of four, I remember laying in bed and my dad had talked about the need for Jesus Christ and receiving him as our savior. And I didn't quite get it. And I was talking to my brother and he just explained to me, and I remember it being very vivid that Christ died for me. It wasn't just, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, it was that if Aaron believes in him, he would have eternal life. And so at four, I placed my faith in Christ, trusted him as my savior. And I remember, even though I was just four, feeling like there was a weight lifted off my chest and so I jumped out of bed. Like I was just so excited. I, you know, I'm forced. I know I'm going to get in trouble if I get out of bed at night, but I was so excited. I had to go tell my mom. And when I jumped out of bed, I was on the bottom bunk and I just like creamed my head <laughs> oh, hardcore. So I got a huge goose egg from it. So I always like to say that God beat into my head when I came to Christ as my savior. Too bad th- you didn't get a scar. Yeah. Then it would have been I, like, this is my Jesus scar. Yeah, I have. <laughs> I have 17 scars on my head. I break really easily for anyone who doesn't know. So I have three bones that have been taken out of my wrist. I've broken my femur, wrist, fingers, everything. That's pretty fun. Yeah. I remember being at a church camp and Emily was, something happened to you and Emily's like, it's probably another broken bone. Yep. Yep. I was like, Emily's his wife. Yeah, exactly. So we actually were just at camp and I was playing floor hockey and I just whipped the puck the wrong way and threw out my shoulder. So, yeah, I, I break pretty easily. <laughs> All that to say, uh, at, at camp, actually, at 12 years old, is when I just remember feeling called by God to go into the ministry. I had a love for people. My dad was in the ministry, and I felt led to go into full-time ministry. So kind of just began pursuing that. I dedicated my life to Christ at camp. Like, hey, whatever you want, I'll do. And then my dad's like, oh, you want to go into ministry? Okay, start preaching. So at 12, <laughs> I preached my first sermon. Um, it was five minutes long, which is going to be much shorter than this podcast, but <laughs> that was really fun. And I grew up kind of your typical kid grew up in the church. Uh, I went to church. I only ever skipped church one time because I lied and told my mom that I was sick and she made me eat garlic and yogurt together. Oh. Yeah. And it's just like, it's supposed to heal you, but it is disgusting. So I never lied about that again. <laughs> But then it kind of went through just a rebellious phase in my teenage years. We moved to Waterloo, Iowa, and it was just completely different from Dyser, which is a small town. Everyone at least seemed to love God. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Then we moved to a bigger town, and it was like the youth group just was way more wild and worldly than I expected. And I got a phone. I just really became self-absorbed, like always thinking about myself. And I went off to college and really developed a quick video game addiction. Uh, I was kind of, I'm a people pleaser, so. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Yeah. So when I couldn't get into like where everyone really liked me, I never felt like one of the cool kids. I had Harry Potter glasses, which now I realize is cool. But at the time, Harry Potter was like 
I did not think he was cool. And so I felt like a geek. Um, but I was really good at video games. And so I kind of took off on that and got in a car wreck um, when I was, it was the senior or freshman year. I got in a car wreck going out to a girl's house. And I remember it just being like, a, okay, it's time to wake up. And my dad um, had to come and pick me up because it was finals week. And it's like, oh, man. <laughs> and I don't know why it did it, but that Christmas break, my dad's like, I don't know what's going on with you, but just stop. Like, just quit. And for some reason, that kind of turned my attention back towards actually studying in school and actually thinking about God more. And I just began preaching and going through life in college. Uh, I met Emily at camp. Emily is my wife now of almost seven years coming up on June in June in May. No, oops. Edit that out. <laughs> Emily can't hear that. Uh, yeah. Um, but we actually met at camp when I was 12 and she thought I was a flirt and hated my guts, but we met at camp and uh, fell in love at camp and then got married at 21. And then, you know, as we think about the topic of prayer, we really began to pray about having a kid because in college, whenever you're talking about having kids, it's always like, well, how many are you going to have? And when are you going to start having kids? And that we don't really talk about, well, can you have kids? Mm -hmm. And so that was a big struggle um, because, you know, I came from a big family. So it's like, well, am I going to try to have a big family like my parents? And that was, that was a little bit different. Like it taught us the importance of prayer, especially in Genesis where you see all the patriarchs, one of their wives, which that's a, another issue but one of their wives struggled with infertility and so we prayed for two years to have a kid and we now have elise and she's awesome she's two and a half she's gonna be a co-star on this podcast she's gonna someday. be a co-star yeah yep. she was messing with the microphone so that's and then i came here to st Andrew baptist church seven years ago they called me as interim preacher and they have put up with me for seven years <laughs> so that's that's kind of my story hobbies are I like to, I spend a lot of time with our family. We enjoy doing stuff together. I really used to like shopping. Shopping. Yeah, Emily and I Whoa. used to love going to TJ Maxx or just like shopping around, looking at clothes and stuff. But the pandemic hit and it wasn't quite the same. <laughs> Darn. Yeah. I've never really been a shopper. Honestly, <laughs> it's cheaper that way. <laughs> That's true. I don't know, Ella. Sometimes you show up with the new stuff all okay, the time in my I house. I like to spend money, but I don't like to go <laughs> shopping. There's a big difference. <laughs> Just go ahead and get started. Um, I think the first and biggest question with prayer is just, what is it? What is prayer? I think the best way to think about prayer is that prayer is simply talking to God. Um, in Matthew 7, it's actually pictured as a kid asking their dad for help. In the Psalms, it's often a picture of like a lifeline, like, God, I am drowning and I need your help right now. Answer me when I call you. And so you see those almost as, hey, I'm at the end of my rope. I need you. And it's a cry out for help. Um, one of my favorite ones is actually in 1 Samuel 2, where Hannah kind of treats prayer like a review center. So like you guys, you say, hey, put five stars for the podcast, right? Like mm -hmm. get, get our name out there. And Hannah after she has Samuel, she just takes a whole chapter to praise God. And so it's just a way that she says, God, thank you for what you're doing for me. So I like to think of it like that too. Um, Cause she kind of said, Hey, it's not me, but it's you who did this for me. Ooh, 
throwing it in. Throwing Aaron, it in. Aaron was one of, we asked for his suggestions. He's like, you need to throw your name into every single podcast <laughs> episode. So if you're annoyed with it, it I'm going to try to say it like as many times as I can <laughs> on this podcast. It's an excellent it. name. I, I love that because so often in our Christian life, we think, and even with prayer, think about how much we think, well, prayer is about me. Like I've got to figure out how to have this prayer conversation with God. But if we treat prayer properly, we're going to say, God, it's not me, but you. So teach me to pray. And that's what the disciples said. They didn't say, okay, how, how can we pray better? He's, they said, teach us to pray because they recognized it's not me, but you. Okay. I'm, I'll, I'll <laughs> love leave it alone I love for a little the bit. Shout no, out. I like that though. Cause I think I definitely get caught up in like, how can I make my prayer life better? And yeah. Just things like that. And I've never thought of it. Like it's not about me. Right. And that you can pray that God helps you pray better. I've done that before. I'm like, I don't really like this. So can you help me here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is hard. Yeah. And it's also in scripture, the way that the impossible gets done. Cause like, there are multiple times where Jesus says, with man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. Like a rich person, he can't enter the kingdom of heaven unless he can. It's like a camel going through the eye of a needle. And the disciples are like, well, how can anyone get saved? And Jesus is like, by me. So we yeah. should pray. <laughs> like, if you have someone that you know who you're like, they'll never come to know Christ their Savior, pray about it. Because God is all powerful. So that's kind of how I like to think about prayer is those ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that too, where I'm like, oh, I didn't get a whole lot of out of my prayer today, or I don't feel fulfilled. I'm like, no, it's really not about me. Yeah. Like that's not the, what prayer is for. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember that prayer goes hand in hand with scripture and like your Bible study and prayer go hand in hand. And even I think they should go together because I heard one, one person say one time, if all that I do is pray and don't read the Bible, then the wrong person is talking too much. Ooh. Mm. That, that'd be me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be me. Okay, so we know that prayer is so important and it's definitely um, something we need to include in our spiritual life. But how would you do this? Like, how do we go about this? I think yes is the answer to that. Like, just pray. <laughs> <laughs> just talk to God and stop worrying about if you're doing it right. Because the times when I most focus on how to pray are often when I pray the least. Like, how does that make sense, though? But I think you can pray out loud. You can pray in your head. You can write your prayers. Um, Some people like to structure their prayers. So some people are very structure-oriented. I'm not, so I don't love it. But some people pray the acts acrostic. So like A stands for adoration, where we just magnify God. C stands for confession, which is where we just seek out our sins. Mm-hmm. and T stands for Thanksgiving. We just thank him for what he's done in our life, thank him for our family, thank him for the last the things he's done in the last 24 mm-hmm. hours. And then S is supplication, or just a fancy way of saying, this is when you bring your request to him, like, hey, God, I got this test coming up. I really need some help. Help me as I study. Help me to remember things. Hey, I've got this friend I'm trying to talk to about you. And so that's, that's kind of a way to structure it. Um, other people look at it. One of my favorite ways is the word pray. You just take P-R-A-Y. P stands for praise, like we talked about. R stands for repent, once again, like confession. A stands for ask, but then Y stands for yield. And I really like that because often when our prayers don't get answered the way we want, when we learn to yield ourselves to God, then we submit to his answers. So I like how it it brings that aspect into it. It's like, okay, as I'm praying, I'm asking God, but I'm also trusting him and saying, okay, you know what's best. Yeah. And I'm giving my life to him 
in that way. But honestly, I think if you try to put a pattern on prayer and scripture, you're going to come up pretty empty because David, after sinning, he just like wept. Like he just confessed. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's almost in agony. But then you have Nehemiah who just has a Lord help as he's about to go before the king. Um, there's no adoration, confession, Thanksgiving. Like, there's, like, there's, I he's like, yeah. uh, okay, I need to have this conversation. <laughs> so please help me. Um, Daniel, you know, he prayed for a revival three times a day. Oh yeah. Every yeah. single day. And it doesn't say in there what he prayed exactly. Um, and even Jesus, there's one time where he prays all night. Like he's going to choose the disciples and he just talks with his father and he regularly got away to pray and I think you'd be pretty theologically hard pressed to have Jesus putting confession in his prayers. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> I never considered that. Yeah. So when Jesus teaches the disciples how to pray, and now we call that the Lord's Prayer, yeah. is that kind of the same, like where they get acts and praying those acronyms from? Yeah. It is because like, you know, our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right there you have adoration adoration. It's it's saying God, you are different from me. You are wholly set apart from me. Hallowed just means set apart or holy. And this is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. So you have your supplication there, asking for something. Forgive us our debts. There's your confession. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of ends out, at least in some, it ends out with, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of your thanksgiving of, okay, no matter what goes on in this life, you're the one in control. So actually people have used the Lord's prayer as an outline. So instead of just like rotely repeating it where it sounds like we're all zombies, like, okay, let's say together our father yep. who mm-hmm. are in heaven, you know, it's actually taking and saying, I'm going to go farther with this. I'm going to recognize that it's teaching more than simple repetition. Yeah. It's teaching a heart's desire. Yeah. It just comes to my mind since I have grown up in a Lutheran church, like the Lord's prayer is ingrained yeah. into my brain and I, I kind of like it. It's yeah. just comforting having that repeated mm-hmm. prayer. I don't know. I like it. Yeah. And I think that even, because like in Baptist circles, there's a lot less of that repetition and constant speaking the same thing over and over again. But there is a comfort in the Lord's prayer. That like it's so ingrained in your mind that you could take at any minute and like you could pray it. And mm-hmm. you could go through it in your mind and say, okay, what is it saying? So there's an aspect to that that I appreciate. But the thing we have to be on guard against is Jesus says, avoid vain repetition. And so there are people who pray the Lord's Prayer every single day, and it's just the sweetest thing in the world to them. And it's not vain repetition because, like, they're talking to their father. Mm -hmm. But I've also been around others who, you know, they they could say it in their sleep, and half the time they're asleep when they say it because they're just going through the motion of saying it. And so we go back to... You know, with prayer, as we pray, we come humbly before God, not just in repetition. Yeah. But honestly, my personal favorite way to pray is to type my prayers. Oh, really? Yeah. So I didn't even realize this until a couple years ago, um, but I, I t- try to type my prayers with my Bible open. So for instance, if you're reading one proverb a day for this month, you won't get three proverbs this month because there's only <laughs> 28, 28 days. days. Yeah. But if you were, today's the 15th. And in Proverbs 15, verse 2, it says, The tongue of the wise commends knowledge. And so I can pray, and I even wrote it out, or thought through it, was, Father, as Ella, Addie, and I do the Not Me But You podcast, will you cause our tongues to commend knowledge to listeners? So right there, you're just taking Scripture and put it to something that we're doing 
today. And it even goes down farther in verse 4. A gentle tongue is a tree of life. And verse 7 says, The lips of the wise spread knowledge. So I can pray, Lord, help us have gentle tongues that give life to the listeners. Because, you know, I was talking with you guys, even just before we started this, that if we're if we're praying and all that we feel is guilt, we're going to pray less and less. And so we want oh, our tongues yeah. as we communicate to commend knowledge and to give life to your listeners in their prayer life. So that's why I kind of like writing it out because it keeps my mind focused. And it's also fun because I can go back and say, yeah. whoa. Answered prayer. Answered prayer. Yeah, like, hey, I, I know what I prayed about on this day. Yeah. And it also gets into the aspect of, well, how do I know if I'm praying what's wrong? Because, you know, James, it says, um, what's it in James? Look at James chapter four. Ooh, here we go, Ellen. Here's my Hit prosperity <laughs> gospel. Flippers. James Flippers. Chapter James chapter four, verse three. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Yeah. So that's kind of, some people have looked at that verse and they end up not praying at all because like, well, are my motives right? And so they are constantly introspective. But if you're praying the word of God, you're praying the will of God because the word of God is perfect. Mm -hmm. And so if you're using the word of God kind of as your filter, you're probably going to pray a lot fewer prayers that are wrong, if you would. So with the whole will of God thing, do you think it's wrong to like ask God for your personal will, like say I really want to get into this college or something. Do you think it's wrong to specifically ask God for that? Not at all. My daughter asks for candy all the time <laughs> and I don't give it to her a lot. And so like when you view prayer as talking to your heavenly father, then you go, okay, my dad knows best. And so I can ask him and he'll he'll figure it out. He can say like, no. Yeah, he can say no because it's not like God's up in heaven like, well, I was going to get you into this college, but since you asked, now I'm tied to it and, well, you're not going to have as good of a college experience now because, you know, I'm stuck with giving you yeah, this college you, you go wanted. to. You know, it's, 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 it's not like God goes, oh, you prayed for it, crud, I have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> he can just be like, uh, no. <laughs> or he can say, I'm going to let you exercise wisdom. Here's your acceptance letter to four colleges. You decide. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, uh this is Could hard. you uh, narrow it down? Yeah, please help me here. <laughs> thanks you... for giving me free will, but yeah, no yeah. thanks. <laughs> Could be a little bit more like a robot today. Yeah. Okay, when you were um, going through those acronyms of like P-R-A-Y, I was thinking, okay, so in my own prayer life, I do a lot of asking yeah. and I don't do a lot of yielding. Yep. Like that is normally I go to is like, okay, God, I need this right now. Yeah. Or like, can you strengthen me? I need help, whatever. Would you define that as a wrongful prayer? In a way, not really, because I think we can once again, that goes back to you, like we can be so overly introspective that we miss actually talking to God because, you know, if we're constantly asking, the reality is God is the giver of all good gifts. So every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above James chapter one, 17, I think it is. So if you're talking, I mean, Elise asks a lot more than she praises yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we're described as children talking to our heavenly father. I think the thing you have to be careful of with that is if it's all focused on you, you're missing a lot of the blessing of praying for others. Cause like if I'm praying for you guys and your own personal growth, every single podcast I listen to, I'm like, Oh yeah, go God. <laughs> you know, like look at how you're growing them. And so our joy is expanded as our prayer list is expanded almost, mm. you know, as we begin to pray for others, as we begin to pray for our nation, as we begin to pray for people to come to know Christ, their savior, 
even if we don't get to have a direct influence in that besides prayer, we get the joy of it. Mm-hmm. So it's common for us to learn how to pray and to just start mostly by asking. Um, I think the benefit of praise being in our in our prayer times is that we realize that God can do something about our prayer requests. So it's not just like processing our thoughts. Yeah. You know, it's we're we're actually talking to God and saying, Okay, you are the one true God who can do something about this. Mm-hmm. Where if we only are asking, often we end up being like, well, he probably isn't going to do it. Yeah. Okay. You talked about processing your thoughts yeah. and stuff and you know, you can pray in your head. Yep. So what's the difference between me necessarily just processing my thoughts and like talking to God? I don't know that there is that much of a difference. My dad actually, he loves to use the word, I'm thraying, thinking and praying at the same oh, time. Okay. I was like, what? <laughs> so like I, I'm, I'm thraying in, I think that you might do both at the same time. I've hashed out sermons in prayer at the church when I'm alone and it can get a little bit scary because like sometimes I end up yelling. Um, <laughs> sometimes I, I'm in sorrow over sin. Other times I can like, I've had times where on Saturday I've studied all week long and I do not have a sermon. Like I just... I have an outline. I've got like my thoughts and I'm just like, God, what are you doing? <laughs> like I have to preach. <laughs> it's not like I can just Hurry postpone up. this. Yeah. And I've just literally walked around and prayed and processed my thoughts. And there are sometimes where just, it's through prayer. It's like Jacob wrestled with God. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like wrestling with my thoughts with God. And sometimes, not always, sometimes, <laughs> um, I've had my sermon changed just like that into a simple outline. I had one time where I was praying like a month ago and it doesn't seem as emotion, like as crazy of an experience when you're mm-hmm. in it, but I was praying and it was like, boom, an outline came and wow. like I had my sermon and I just like started r- writing down, like I'm going to forget this, like <laughs> yeah. holy cow. And I got up and it was super cool preaching the next day, how God used that. Um, which, you know, I look back and I'm like, whoa, that was a crazy experience. But in the moment, you're just recognizing, okay, God's the one who's going to do something. And so I got to talk to him and mm-hmm. process. So I don't, both. 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 <laughs> okay. That's fair. So my thought with it is like, if I'm just driving in my car thinking, is that, do I have to like, be like, dear God, and then say amen. You know, like kind of the structure around prayer to make it truly a prayer. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't. I don't think you need to have a dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Because, you know, you end up in rote repetition yep. there again. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. I pray that you bless everybody and, you know, bless us food our bodies. And, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, uh, once again, it's talking to your Heavenly Father. And I don't, like, here I don't go, dear Ella, in answer to your question, <laughs> um, I would hmm. like to say no. Amen. Uh, dear Addie, you know, so when we're talking to people, we don't do that. And when we talk to God, I think we can talk to God. Okay. Simple as that. Yeah. I think we're humans are love to overcomplicate. We love this. to overcomplicate things, but you also have to remember that like your prayer life is a journey, just like you guys have grown in your walk with God in your study of scripture and your understanding of it. And like, you're getting into texts now that aren't quite as simple and they just yield yield the truth like boom here it is john three sixteen. god's love the world he gave his only begotten son that mm-hmm. whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life you're like well, i get that yeah, <laughs> yeah. and now 
you're studying the book of Acts and you're like, whoa, it takes a little bit more thought. Mm-hmm. And in prayer, it's a growing process too. It's like you can't, you can't rush growth. Yeah. As a kid, you always want to get taller, get taller, get taller. That's kind of it is spiritually too. You're like, there's so much more to prayer. I know that there is. Like, I want it right now. Yeah. And God's like, yeah, I'm going to teach you about patience in prayer. <laughs> and you're like, oh. <laughs> I've always heard that's the worst prayer to ever pray of like, Lord, teach me. Like, please give me patience. And it's like, well, I'm going to test you now. And this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually like, you just hit on my personal pet peeve. So every time, got, so for the listeners, I have listened to every podcast and- as they've come out, loved them. But I laughed when you said you oh, hate the cupboard doors being left open. Yes, and the microwave door. Ugh. I leave cupboard doors open no, all the time. Really? And I shut them always now because I leave it open. I'm like, oh, Addie hates that. Yes. So on Tuesday mornings when you guys come in for coffee, I'm like, I got to make sure the cupboards <laughs> are closed. Oh, and man. one of the things with like, don't pray about patience that's kind of a personal pet peeve of mine because patience is the fruit of the spirit. Mm. And it's like, I actually want that. And God goes, here's a really good gift. And then we have preachers making jokes. And I realize it's a joke, but preachers making jokes like, Hey, you don't want the fruit of the spirit. It's like, yeah, I do. (laughs) So pray for patience, pray for humility. I love praying for humility, but yeah, God does test you. But if you truly desire growth, then it's like, well, that's a good thing. Yeah. So I think you can pray for it. When I was in elementary school, I was always shorter than everyone else, and I hated that. I wanted to be tall, and then hit a growth spurt, and now I'm taller than pretty much everybody. <laughs> so, kicking myself for that wish. <laughs> there you go. God prayed for prayers. God's like, well, I guess I'm stuck with making her tall. <laughs> now Ella's praying it back. I didn't mean yeah. it. <laughs> Can you shrink me? Anyways, so I think another thing... Um, Another question with prayer is, what exactly are we supposed to pray about? We've hit on some of them, I think. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says that we should pray at all times or be in the mindset of prayer, which goes back to your question about, like, I'm driving along and I feel like talking to God. That's that's the idea of pray without ceasing. You're constantly in the mindset of prayer. Mm. And in Philippians 4, Paul says, pray about everything. And like, as I just thought through scripture, there are a whole bunch of things that jump out to me. Cause like Nehemiah, which we already referenced said he prayed for wisdom to talk to his boss in Proverbs. I love the prayer. One of the prayers is give me neither poverty nor riches. Like that's middle an interesting class. thing to pray, right? Yeah. Like, Hey mm-hmm. God, keep me in the middle class. And he says, cause if, if I'm poor, I'll be tempted to steal. And if I'm rich, I'll be tempted not to trust you. And I'll be tempted to trust my money. It's so like, that's an interesting thing to pray for. Like how many of your friends are praying right now? God, give me a middle-class job <laughs> yeah. where I won't make too much money and I won't have too big of a house or too nice of a car. Yeah. No one. No <laughs> I've one. never even thought of that before. Yeah. But we can pray for that. And that's a good thing to pray for because actually historically in scripture, especially in the minor prophets, when they had wealth is when Israel turned their backs on God the most. You, I wrote down a quote you said in your sermon yesterday about... You got to talk into the mic. <laughs> They're not no, going to hear About <laughs> wealth, but I'm so excited I thought of it. Oh, boy. Okay. Financial prosperity keeps us from recognizing our spiritual poverty. And when you said that, I was like, mm, he's not a prosperity teacher. <laughs> this guy's safe. <laughs> Ooh, I have passed the Addie and Ella test of prosperity gospel preachers. <laughs> 
Uh, anyways. Now for my next my... podcast, the name it and claim it. No, <laughs> <laughs> no there's there's so many more things, though, that we see in Scripture that are prayed about. Like in First Samuel, Hannah prays for a kid, and that's repeated over and over again in Scripture. In Genesis, Abimelech prays for a wife. For someone else. But he does pray for a wife, and it's for his master's son and all throughout scripture spiritual leaders pray for revival and for god to be gracious to his people paul told timothy pray for your political leaders um jesus prayed for his friends in john 17 and paul even asked for people to pray for him to have boldness because he had gospel conversations should i go on i think you hit a mo- you okay. hit a lot there's a lot so. more yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so we, like we pray for everything. You can pray for your tests. You can pray for if you have a horrible relationship with your parents, like you can pray for that. If you despise your siblings, pray for it. Because we're talking to the creator of the world here and he's not disconnected with our lives. I was just listening to a podcast where an atheist uh, or agnostic, he was opposed to the gospel. He kind of decided to start talking about it with a Christian and he came to the point where he's like, well, eventually I have to think about this, you know? And <laughs> yeah. so he could pray, God, I don't believe any of this, but if it's true, would you open my eyes? And I mean, there have been some crazy testimonies of people who have hated God and they're like, you know what, God, if you're true, then show me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're praying like, Hey, right in the clouds, I am God. That's silly because <laughs> yeah. in, in Luke 16, a, man, a rich man dies and he goes to hell and he's suffering in torment. And he says, God, send Lazarus, this guy who was poor, who went to heaven, send him back and tell my brothers, this place is the worst. Like this is, mm-hmm. I'm in so much suffering here. And God says, they have the scriptures. They wouldn't listen to someone who came back from the dead if they won't listen to the scriptures. Mm. It's like, there's a point where we got to go. Okay signs are not going to do it yep god's like i gave it to you yeah. like it takes true belief yeah. and faith yeah. step of faith it made me think of so i lead help lead a middle school small group and um we always get to the point in prayer request and they're like oh i don't have anything and i always like them like no this is like a free prayer like i'm gonna pray for you and i'm seriously gonna pray for you this yeah. week so i'm like give me anything or everything i'm like we're bringing this to the god of the universe come up with something guys yeah. mm-hmm. they're like oh okay and then give me something about their dog but pray i pray that about I get their a dog. victory royale in yeah. Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's, mm, yeah. let's try something else <laughs> it is normally stuff along those lines but i'm like all right i'll pray for you <laughs> I thought that was interesting, though, how you mentioned atheists or agnostics praying, because I've never thought of unbelievers praying before. Yeah. And different people have different stances on that. Like some some will tell you that God only hears the prayer of an unbeliever when they're confessing their sin. Like, okay, when they finally call out to God. But I don't think so. I think God's omniscient and Mm all-knowing, and he gives general grace even to unbelievers and you remember james 4 which talks about you know we're supposed to humble ourselves and it says draw near to god and he'll draw near to you Mm. well even if you're an atheist and you're like okay i hate god but maybe he's real maybe i have to think about it and you pray you're like starting to draw near to god so i think we should be careful 
dictating what prayers God hears. Um, he might not answer them, yes, but I don't think that we should put too much of a limit on what God hears when it comes to yeah. prayer. Yeah, I've had unbeliever friends, though, that kind of in that demographic of think they know Christ, but I'm like, eh, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'll pray for this. But it's really just prayer whenever they absolutely need something. Yeah. And so, yeah, like you said, I don't like you said, you don't know if it God hears that or whatever. But yeah. and I think with that group, especially because that's kind of my passion is reaching people who grew up in the church and I are either unbelievers or grew up in the church and like you look at their life and you go, there's no difference from them in the world. Like none. Mm -hmm. Like they go to church on Sunday and that's about it. But like they got video game addiction. They got porn addiction. They got all sorts of struggles. Like they're constantly people pleasing. They're always dressing to impress other people. Like sports is their God and you can tell. And my passion is kind of to reach them because I grew up thinking, well, because I didn't do all the quote bad things, you know, you guys have talked about like yeah. the big sins mm -hmm. that, well, technically they're not big sins, mm -hmm. but because I didn't do all those things, I can't love God as much because I haven't come back from as much. And eventually God was like baloney. Um, I can't give you a Bible <laughs> reference for that, but like, he's like, uh, that's not how it works. Like you can have a passion for God. And I looked at Samuel's life was so inspiring to me because Samuel is raised in a Christian home until he's three and then he goes to like a junk home but he's near to the presence of God and he grows up to have a passion for God and he never has a sowing his rebellious oats so having a a prayer life that even says God I don't really like reading my Bible would you would you help me to read my Bible like mm -hmm. I don't really like praying I think it's kind of dumb would you help me to pray? Like reaching that type of people, that's a huge encouragement for me. That's kind of my passion. I've prayed that prayer multiple times. Yeah. Especially with my Bible. I'm like, God, I don't want to do it today. So I'm going to need some help. Like, please, please help me over here. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of growth since when I first started praying that prayer of like, wow, now it's something I actually enjoy doing. Yeah. Not yeah. every day, but still, I've seen a lot of growth in that from praying and asking God for just wanting that desiring you after that get to the point where you're reading you're like oh, i have to go get ready for I school know. you just oh i just want to shrug off all my responsibilities <laughs> and i know this will probably blow your mind but I, I was in leviticus 11 this morning and having the time of my life <laughs> really just studying it's like all about the unclean and clean reptiles and i was reading a commentary with a devotional commentary and it just it was just awesome to see how the purpose of it was that they would see God in every detail of their life. Like as they walked, oh, look, there's an animal that I know is unclean. I want to stay away from it. And it's a reminder as I'm walking, I need to be on guard against sin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then they'd see a clean animal and they go, wow, look at how beautiful that is. Look at how it's used by God. And they go, I want to draw near to God. And it was just like so cool because it's, Leviticus, you know, yeah. and I was just having the time of my life with it. But yeah, prayer, awesome. prayer is good to draw us near to God. And it goes back to the picture of with prayer and Bible study. We humble ourselves because God resists the proud because grace is humble. Yeah. So another question I have is who exactly hears our prayers? Like we know God does, but there's also like God is Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the whole three in one thing, which is really confusing. So 
who exactly am I praying to when I'm praying? Yeah. So you're you're touching on the Trinity there. Um, God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. They're all God. They're not like God, the Father is one third God and Jesus Christ is one third God and the Holy Spirit is one God. They're all God, but none of them are are each other. So like some people have said that, oh, it's just God with three different faces. It's like, no, (laughs) no, No, it's not. Uh, That's not how it works. But we're talking to the Father when we pray. I think a couple of biblical realities that show us that is in Romans 8, it says that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. So obviously he's not praying to himself. And in Hebrews 7, it says that Jesus intercedes for us. Mm -hmm. He's at the throne interceding for us. And in John, I want to say 16. You can look it up. In John 16, I think it's like 16, 14. It says, he will magnify me. And like the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to magnify Jesus. So Jesus probably isn't praying to the Holy Spirit. But we also see Jesus praying in the Bible. And so I'm sure he's probably not praying to himself because what's the use of that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he's praying to the Father. And I think when we pray, we pray to the Father. But when it comes to like who hears our prayers, God is omniscient. And that means Jesus is omniscient. And that means the Holy Spirit is omniscient. So technically, all of them hear our prayers. But when we pray, we're praying to the Father. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, big, like, $100 question here. Why doesn't God answer all the prayers? For the sake of honoring our listeners' time, we like to keep our episodes on the shorter side of things. So you'll have to tune in next week to hear the second half of our conversation with Aaron Moore. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our show. As always, we'd like to remind our listeners that we're born into a broken world. With that being said, we're not perfect, and we ask our supporters to always fact-check our words and opinions on the one and only truth of the Bible. We would absolutely love to hear your episode suggestions or feedback. Check us out on Instagram by typing not me but you productions into the search bar. Thanks again for the love and support.